okay, so wow, here we are like two, three weeks later. And I know I promised it wouldn't be like that, but you know what? They say make plans and God laughs. <laughs> so apparently I was giving him quite the chuckles when I decided to make the plans for this year and this season. But you got to give me credit. At least I'm trying. Um, last we spoke, I had started taking antidepressants and that is what t- took me on quite the wild ride. And so here I am. I'm actually getting my steps in right now because I'm trying to get back into working out. I was on a little bit of hiatus from that as well. And I'm going to fill you guys in with just this brief podcast. This isn't going to be much longer than 25 minutes um, about what it was like while I was on these antidepressants. And for those of you who've already been on them, you know, feel free to share your experiences. Um, I'm going to try to add a question and answer on the Spotify so you can actually just answer or leave your comments directly on my Spotify playlist for um, Some Like Hot. And, you know, otherwise you can always reach out to me on, well, pretty much everything, Instagram, Nikia Nightshade, and TikTok and Twitter. And, you know, I try to check my DMs as much as I can, um, but it's tough. I've been having a lot of problems with social media lately. Um, you know, the Facebook corporation meta as they were. Um, they don't like me so much. I've been red barred. Now I'm yellow barred. And so basically they cut my ability to be able to be seen by my own followers. And that's exactly what it said. That's not like hyperbole. That's pretty much verbatim what it said to me that they were going to show my posts less and to less people. Um, and because of being reported in, I don't know, other people's post for comments that other people didn't like. Not necessarily anything bad, but there is no way to gauge what's bad anymore because people report a certain word and make a claim on it that's not necessarily accurate, but, you know, that's not real people that are looking at it. It's like AIs and algorithms. It's also very strange. Um, But because of that, I've had a lot of issues on social media as far as getting the word out about my podcast or anything, really. And I have been paying for some promotions, some light promotions here and there. And of course, oh, well, then that is when I see the boost in all of my numbers. If I give them my money, (laughs) then I will see a boost in my numbers. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll pay for a little bit more promotions to Instagram. But as far as I'm concerned, Facebook is pretty much dead. But if you want to follow me, you can always find the Feel the Nightshade page. And I do post some memes and some other things on there. But it's very, very rare that you'll see me on there. Because I feel like we're all moving away from that. As we should long ago, to be honest. Um, But, you know, as far as streaming, podcasting. I mean, I haven't even really been filming a lot of TikToks. Very, very moderate, low-level stuff. I just kind of randomly post things. I will tell you, if you're hungering for anything about narcissism, even if it's just like meme content or oddly enough, anything that's funny, um, rare television programs that you haven't seen in a long time or maybe never saw. I've been doing a lot of clips like that. And of course, naturally those go viral. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I don't really stick my neck out for social media. Like I used to have been in the game a long time and kind of exhausted there's not much to see where I live and I don't really have anyone 
that I see on a daily basis that I could make content with right now. So I'm sort of in a social media black hole as far as like my viability. And plus where I live at the moment isn't really a big place. The city I used to live in before made it a lot easier. Everything about being there made it much easier to do the type of content I used to do. So I'm hoping when I move in the next six months to a year, um, you know, I'll get back to being a, a social media maven. But for now, I really just want to focus on the podcast and um, my work in behind the scenes and a little bit of streaming. And if you haven't been to my Twitch stream lately, you really should come by when I get a chance to be on, which I try to stream Monday, Wednesday and Friday uh, mornings if I can. And I've been streaming a lot as a VTuber, which I guess just means like I'm a cartoon character, <laughs> but it's getting so good. Every time we test it and retool it, she's getting more and more accurate to following, you know, every expression that's on my face because I'm really on camera, but it's just transformed into a cartoon of sorts. And it's really, I really do enjoy it. I feel like it's not only the future, but it's most certainly my future as far as streaming is concerned because you know, who wants to see some old lady on there, <laughs> you know, playing video games or whatever? No, be it's much more comfortable to see a cartoon. And someone said, you know, that's kind of creepy that older men and women will be, you know, VTube cartoon streamers and like tricking kids. And I'm like, if you consider that tricking kids, then we need to cancel The Simpsons immediately because that was adults back in the 90s when the show became what it is or the 80s when the show became what it is and now they're all very much senior citizens and they're still doing the voice of children so you know it's cartoons cartoons is the last um the last place where you can live forever uh you know as whatever you want you know and so that's why a lot of people who are into them as much as i am um that's why we enjoy them because it is the last place where you can just kind of be okay and not judged and you don't have to filter yourself because there already isn't any wrinkles or pores because you're not real but anyway i digress now i hope that my out of breathness or the fact that i'm walking around isn't affecting the audio but you know this is us keeping it real being in each other's lives and i really honestly am glad that i'm here so just a little couple of seconds about what happened before Um, I disappeared for the last few weeks. I have been going through a lot. And, you know, everybody has their shit and everybody has their trials and their their turmoil. Um, But for the last two and a half years, my life has been really hardcore. And just like everybody else, you know, of course, a lot of my drama started in 2020. But my 2020 was pretty decent, in my opinion, up until a certain point. I really didn't go through anything other than what everybody else did. You know, if there was the shutdown or the wear the mask or to get your shots or whatever, you know, I went through everything everybody else did. But towards the end of 2020 was when shit started to hit the fan. And, you know, for the last two years, I've been going through a lot, a lot. And therapy is great, but I just started to feel like nothing was helping. And I had been on CBD for a while, but the problem for me with CBD as someone who used to be a pretty decent weed smoker back in the day. Um, I can only really get the feel that I need from CBD by smoking it. And I decided at the end of last year that I didn't want to smoke anymore. The end of 2022, just to be clear. 
I didn't want to smoke anymore. So, you know, there goes that. I tried to do the edibles. It doesn't do anything for me. It does nothing at all. I might as well just eat the whole thing because it's that one, two, I felt nothing. Buckle my shoe. (laughs) Three, four, give me some more. (laughs) Like it just wasn't doing anything for me. So I spoke to my physician first and I said, listen, I need something to help me with my anxiety and my depression. It's getting to a point where I can't handle it anymore. And because unfortunately one of my stressors is in my own home, what am I supposed to do? You know, I read something recently where it said, you can't heal if you're still in the place that caused the pain. You can't heal if you're still with the person that caused the damage, right? Or the scars or the wounds, right? And so I'm still in the place with the person and it's making it incredibly hard for me to heal and to move forward. So I understand when people see me posting maybe something they think is bleak or dark or depressing or whatever it was that I would post, you know, I try not to be too bad. Um, You know, I can see how people might be turned off by that. I can see how people be like, why doesn't she have her shit together by now? She used to do this. She used to do that. It was looking good. Now it's like a mess. What is she doing with her life? But you wouldn't know because you're not here every day. (laughs) But if you were here and you could see my life, you would maybe get a better understanding. And so, you know, I'm not going to spend the next, the last 10 minutes of this, you know, discussing my life. But what I am going to say is that I was trying to do exactly that by getting some type of medical intervention because the therapy alone was not enough. So my doctor, she said, you know, well, she can't prescribe a medical marijuana card. So where I am, marijuana is not recreational but it is medical, which is still a fucking joke because I can tell you right now, I could walk out of my house and go two blocks down and there is a dispensary in a plaza with a tattoo shop and everything else. And literally I can cross the street from that and go one block over and there's another dispensary right next to our liquor store. And they both have these really funny names and cartoon picture, you know, um, billboards and it's anything but, you know, just medical. There's tons of them on the main road here. I've counted one time um, on a drive to, I don't know, to dinner or something like that. I think, yeah, on Valentine's Day, on a drive out to grab food because I didn't want to sit and eat and the restaurants are packed um, with people madly in love. (laughs) Yes. Love, love, love. Um, I counted 30. And that was just from my house to this one location. It wasn't the whole road. And that's how many are here. So I don't know why it's still considered medical marijuana at this point when it's clearly recreational, Um, but that's what it is. And unfortunately, because it's still federally banned, because Biden is sitting on his fucking hands, it's just my opinion. It's not a political opinion. I'm just saying he could just take care of that and be done with it by now. Um, So could have Obama. But anyway, the fact that it's still not federally seen as, you know, as a legal substance, um, certain doctors can't or won't prescribe or write for a medical marijuana card. But of course, naturally she was like, but I can get you Simbitol. I'm like, oh, or Cymbalta, excuse me, Cymbalta. Sorry. I don't know. I keep calling it Cymbitol. Cymbitol. 
So naturally, you know, she can get me this, what I can only explain to you as legal ecstasy, legal MDMA, um, that, that she can give to me for, for free. I can get a whole, a prescription of that. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, so I don't know what it's going to do. I know I've seen all the commercials. I've seen them all. Side effects include bleeding from your nose, bleeding from your anus, craving brains, killing your own family and stuffing their bodies in the trunk, driving off a cliff. And then, you know, I get it. I've, <laughs> I've seen the commercials. Trust me. I know. But I was literally at my wits end. You, you are literally, you know, you're in that position. You're in that place of, I don't know what else to do. When you've seen those types of commercials with those types of scary side effects and you're just like, I don't give a shit. Give it to me anyway. Fuck it. Give it to me. Mainline it. Let's go. And so I, you know, she said it was an anti, antidepressant and also would help with anxiety. So she said it did both. And she's like, you know, take, take this amount. So, uh, for, for medical reasons, you know, I'm going to tell you my private medical information that, you know, otherwise you would not be able to know this, but I want you to know, because if you're considering antidepressants or if you've had an experience with it, I want you to know exactly what I took. So I took Cymbalta and it was a 30 milligram. So I guess 60 is the highest. I don't know if there was a 15, didn't get that one, got the 30. Um, it was a capsule, so not a pill. I couldn't cut it even if I wanted to, cause otherwise I'd be taking powder and I'm, I'm good. So that's what I was taking. I was told to take one very early in the morning, every single day. So the first day I took it right after I did my podcast, it was the day after my podcast. Um, that was Valentine's day. Okay. So remember I record the podcast the day before that's normally how we do it. So on Valentine's day, I was gone, <laughs> probably the best and worst day for me to take it. And I was flying high. I was, it was like being on Adderall, which I've taken before recreationally and coming down off of ecstasy all at once. Um, I was like, not really that hungry. I was, I had a lot of energy, but I had not really any focus on any one thing. But if I did get focused on one specific task, I would do that task with all of my might. And that's all I would care about. And I drank lots of water. I was going to the bathroom on every level. (laughs) I'm sorry. On every level a lot. And I was just like, I can't. And then at night I couldn't sleep. I kept waking up, going back to sleep, waking up, kicking my legs, going crazy. And this became a major uh, issue the entire time because I ended up kicking my legs and having, I guess, night terrors that I was not aware of. I don't remember them so bad. I'm going to show you guys pictures of them when I do my, or, um, I'm going to show you in a video when I do my next podcast where I'm in, on actually on camera, I tore my sheets up, beautiful, nice, expensive sheets I've had for a very long time. They had no damage prior to that. I don't know what, it was like a demon crawled into the bed with me and ravaged my sheets. They're no longer good. I had to go buy all new sheets. Um, I tore up two pairs of sheets. So it's it's horrifying. So that first day scared me so much that I decided not to take it. Um, And I just was like, nope, I'm not taking it. I'm never taking that again. Went back to my therapist, one of my therapists, because I have two. Went back to my therapist on 
that Friday and told her, you know, what happened. And she's like, no, you gotta, you gotta just give it a chance. Let it work its way through your system. It won't feel like that forever. She's like, you know, that was just the first day. You'll feel, you you just gotta give it a shot. You have to let it work. You have to, don't, don't quit on it. You know, trust the process. So I'm like, okay, fine. So the next week after some, something traumatic happened to me again, like I said, you can't heal if you're in the place that keeps hurting you and something horrible happened again and it was so bad and I can't even talk about it. I'll, I'm going to use this word so you can understand how bad it was. There's an investigation happening pertaining to what happened to me following Valentine's week. That's, that's literally all I can say. That's all. That's it. That's why I won't even be on camera for this one. Cause I can't even bear to discuss that on camera. So it was so bad that I literally just said, fuck it. I'm taking these pills and I don't care what happens to me. If I'm up all night for the next week, then so be it. And it's a little fuzzy now because I'm, I'm about a, I'm actually a week out. I'm a week, tomorrow will be a week since I started detoxing from it, but I was on them for eight days. And in that time, I don't remember a lot. Like it's really actually pretty fuzzy now when I think about it. But what I do remember is the feeling. So the feeling was, um, I didn't get a lot of sleep and I didn't, I wasn't that hungry. I was losing weight really quickly. I'm the kind of person that I can put on weight very quickly or lose it very quickly. That's it. There's no in in between. I either put it on fast or lose it fast. That's it. So I'm actually putting weight back on now because I'm off of the meds. But for the, the, the eight days that I was on it, I was just losing weight quicker and quicker. I would forget to eat a lot. Um, I wasn't really working out. I stopped drinking coffee because I found out that drinking coffee was like really bad for when you're on those meds. It can cause, um, it, they, there's a term for it, but it has something to do with like, um, serotonin. It was like serotonin something poisoning or something about it just messes your head up and gives you bigger migraines, which is what led me to stop taking the pill. So as the time was going on, I was just zoning out. I was just over it. I wasn't paying attention to life. I just didn't care. I was just being like a complete zombie girl, whatever. And I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. I had a whole week of peace in my home, but I couldn't get anything done. I couldn't do the podcast. I couldn't bear. I could barely do my makeup. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to stream. Like I, I'd gain here and there or I'd sleep all day and then I'd be up all night long. It was just, it was bad. It was so bad. And I'd have like ticks, um, you know, like my joints would move or an eyebrow would flinch or something. It just, it was so bad. And what ended up being the end for me was I suffer from migraines and something happened where we were just getting into it and it was just getting so bad. And I was just, as much as I was on the meds and they're supposed to help me, it didn't. And then the migraine happened and the migraine was so horribly bad that I was like, I cannot imagine taking one more of these pills. I feel like if I take this pill, 
tomorrow morning, it is going to make this migraine worse and I'll never get out of it. I can't see myself escaping this migraine. So I took a chance and I said, you know what? I'm not going to take the pill. And I didn't. And so the next day, my migraine, you know, it went down from like a level five to like a level three. So I was like, okay, good. I made the right call. But what ended up happening next was I went into withdrawal. I've never done any drugs for any extended period of time that I would ever have withdrawal in my entire life. And yet here I am on a doctor prescribed medication and I was in bed all day long. I was in bed for three days, just to be clear. I may have gotten up a handful of times, mostly to use the bathroom. I, the last 48 hours, maybe last 24 hours, I sweat through three outfits all the way through soaked to the bone. Sweat, sweat, sweat. Ripped up the sheets, sweat, sweat. Changed the sheets, sweat, sweat. And then finally, after about three or four days, I was starting to feel like myself again. No more migraine, no more fuzzy, you know, fog that I was in. And I was just like, I never want to do this again. I had nightmares. I had vivid dreams. And I don't want to be corny and say I had like an awakening. And But there was this thing that ended up happening um, almost a week ago, last Friday, that was so bad. I was so bad that I actually had to write my partner a letter of apology. I chose to do that. And I read it to them because... I was coming down off of the the meds and I've never done anything like that. And I was having a huge emotional problem, a huge emotional issue that the therapist did not see because she's, I don't think she's very good at her job, to be honest. And I'm not, I'm not going to see her anymore um, because she should have seen what was going on and she didn't. And how the rest of that day went shouldn't have gone that way, but it did because she wasn't paying attention. She just wasn't paying attention. Um... And it went bad because as I'm coming down off of one set of drugs, I took, don't be mad at me, everybody, but I took some Xanax to calm me down. But what it ended up doing was counter, like it it was all counterintuitive behavior and it went very badly. And all I can say is after about four, four or five days, I just decided no. (laughs) So I'm doing good. I feel better. I feel much more like myself. I've been much more productive. Obviously you guys are not going to see how productive I am because I mean, in my, my personal life, you know, in my home, like I didn't even clean my house for the whole time I was on those meds. I didn't give a shit. (laughs) I didn't care about anything. It was insane. I wanted to feel numb about the pain of my life. I didn't know I was just going to not care about life, which is what it made me do. And so I'm feeling better. Um, I don't think I'll ever take an antidepressant again. I am going to move forward and try to get a medical marijuana card so that I can microdose, you know, um, edibles on specific days when I feel like, okay, this is a day I'm having a bad day. You know, let's do this and, and veg out. But I don't need to be on 24 hours, seven days a week, you know, MDMA to level me out. I'm not, I don't need that. And What I learned, and this is my conclusion here, what I learned about myself through this was one, I'm 
I need a lot of help. I'm not as well as I'd like to be. But the positive thing I learned about it, learned through this experience, was that my anxiety is my superpower. Without my anxiety, I don't have something that wakes me up in the morning and says, bitch, you got to get all this shit done today. And I get it done. Oh, I do. Ask anyone who knows me. When I wake up in the morning, especially on a Monday morning, I kick ass, I take names, and I leave no crumbs. And that is my superpower. And it might be a little hard for me to live with it on certain days. And I'm sure some people would never want to live under the thumb of the type of anxiety that I have that I self-inflict, but it is my superpower. It's manifested itself in, a, in me making sure that I accomplish many, many things in my life and, and made me the goal-oriented person that I am. And I don't want to take a pill to erase that or erase me. So that was my mid journey into my tiny little journey into um, taking antidepressants, but I don't think I'll be doing that again. And if you ever want to share your stories, you can. I will be having people on this season. I promise I will. I will do everything in my power to get the right people to come on and have these conversations that are so important to me this season. And um, hopefully they'll get to exp- uh, explain to you their own experiences with um, medication, dealing with healing, and of course, some juicy topics like sex and politics and celebrities. But that's all. This is my update. I did this just for the people who actually tune in every time I post so that you guys know I didn't forget, but I had to go through that nightmare before I could get to you guys. So I will be back next week, back as long as I'm healthy and everything's good. I will be back next week on camera. Um, I might have a guest next week. I have not, we've not settled the exact time and day yet. So hopefully they'll make it before the deadline. Um, If not, I have a backup plan anyway, but you will see my face and you will see my sheets. But until then, (laughs) keep it hot.